everyone. Welcome to the Steve Maxwell Drums Podcast. Don't forget to check us out on our website at www.maxwelldrums.com and then our reverb stores at Steve Maxwell Drums-Chicago and Steve Maxwell Drums-New York. We also have social media, uh, two Instagram accounts, at Maxwell Drum Shop Chicagoland and then at Maxwell Drum Shop. And then also on Facebook, Steve Maxwell and Steve Maxwell Drum Shop. And then, of course, check us out on Twitter at Maxwell Drum Shop. We will interview players, collectors, drum and cymbal builders, and also teachers about all things percussion. And you can go to YouTube if you want to see the video. We'll have pictures of drum shops, drum sets, badges, cymbals, all kinds of fun stuff. So let's get started. We hope you enjoy it. Three, two, one. Three, two, one. So, yeah, Chris Wilson, good to have you here, man. Glad to be here. <laughs> yeah, so um, we know each other from a little while back. Uh, we were introduced by um, Dave, who the cellist Dave, and Dave uh, Keller, of Dave course, Keller, yeah. a great musician. <laughs> and I'll do I'll do a shout out to Origin of Animal, one yeah, of his bands, a great band, yeah, yeah fronted totally. by a cellist, <laughs> which is kind of rare. They yeah. do really eclectic music. If anyone's listening, they should definitely check out Origin of Animal. I, I played with them for a short time, yeah, and and just had a ball. But uh, Chris, so. So you um, you run a music school. What, what city is it in? So it's Academy of Music and Art. It's in Westmont, Illinois. And it's music, art. It's, it's many yeah, music, things. art, dance, theater. It started as a guitar school in my apartment 30 years ago, just a couple weeks. July 5th was my 30th anniversary. Start, Very cool. Started as a guitar school in my apartment. And and I, I taught there for a while on yeah. drums. Yeah. Uh, really cool place. Just a really like friendly, welcoming environment. And... Uh, and yeah, that that that's fantastic. Usually, what I start with is is just going to the kind of the your your history, how you got involved in music. So let's let's talk about you. So, um, what was um, just some of some of your earliest like musical memories? Yeah, tell me a little about yourself. You know, it was one of those things like uh, we were always super into music, even as children. You know, like... And, and which city did you grow up in? I grew up in... I'm from Chicago. And I grew up in, like, suburbs around Chicago, Westchester. Would you, I mean, we kind sure. of moved around, but, you know, just western suburbs of Chicago. But I remember just, like, watching stuff on TV like The Monkees. And this would have been the early 70s, so The Monkees had just broken up, you know? And it was, <laughs> like, it was, like, amazing. It was, like, wow, they play in a band, you know? And even though they weren't really playing their instruments, uh, it was the coolest sure. thing. Yeah, I was, was going to mention yeah. that. Yeah. And wanting to be able to play the guitar. And One of my friend's moms was like a huge Monkees fan yeah. when I was growing up. Yeah. Yeah, and I still love their music. But I remember, uh, you know, it was actually, it, and I figured out what the date was at a later date. Uh, but I remember seeing a commercial for the Rolling Stones were coming to Chicago. And uh, so it was 1975 because it couldn't have, it was either 72 or 75, but I think it wouldn't have been like five, you know. So it must have been 1975. Saw the Stones on TV and it was like a regular TV commercial. Oh, the Rolling Stones are coming to Chicago at, you know, Chicago Stadium. And they showed a clip of them playing Get Off My Cloud, like a black and white clip from the 60s. And they're playing, you know, hey, hey, you, you. And the girls are screaming and I'm looking at Keith Richards. I was like, damn, that's the coolest guy I've ever seen. I want to do that. You know, I want to sure. be like, you know. And then after that, music just was something we were into. You know, me. So bought, was guitar your first instrument? Guitar is my only instrument. I mean, I can play some piano, but guitar. Sure, sure. And didn't get a guitar right away. I think we borrowed a guitar from somebody, like a relative. And my brother Rob took some lessons, couldn't figure it out. And then just we're always into music. And then I bought a book on like a chord book in like 1978. 
and just started trying to figure out like how to play a G chord and how to figure stuff out. And nice. I've been playing ever since, you know? And uh, so it was just one of those things I always stuck with it. Didn't start taking lessons till I was like, till I realized you could go to college for music. I was like, you can go to college for music? Because <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I went to Catholic schools, man. I didn't like school. School's a drag. Uh, so, <laughs> so the idea was like, I can go. So I read like the entrance requirements. I was like, oh crap, I got to learn how to read music. I got to learn how to play, you know, some stuff. And so started taking lessons and, uh, you who, know. who was a, a teacher? I mean, you could say your first teacher or um, a memorable one. <laughs> you know, I studied with this guy and I don't, he was kind of the local jazz guy. And I, it, oh, Pro-Am Music in Westmont. It was a little music shop and I, the guy's name was Craig something. And but he he was like a serious jazz guy. And so sure. like I could ask him, I was like, oh, I heard it. I was reading Guitar Player Magazine back then, Guitar Player Magazine, about Joe Pass. What do you know about Joe Pass? And he'd like rattle off everything about Joe Pass and he'd write down what record to get. And I would go to Rose Records and get the record and go home and listen to it. And it would sail completely over my head. But I was like, okay. And he got, sure. he bought a real, he said, here's a real book, you know, learn how to play all the things you are and everything. And I was like, wow, all these chords <laughs> are seventh chords, you know? And it was just, sure. and I just kind of stuck with it. And I, uh, you know, at this point, I'm like a senior in high school and uh, looking at colleges. And I went into the guidance counselor office with Mr. Melnick. And uh, <laughs> he said, Chris, what are you going to study? Uh, you know, I, you know, I said, well, I'm really into music. And he's like, oh, no, music, you know, you'll never make a living at music. Now, this is a Catholic school, high school guidance counselor. The guy's making seven. Uh, which, which high school did you go to? Uh, it's called St. Joe's in Westchester. But let's, you know, what's a teacher make? 17000 a year? You know what I mean? It's not a high paying job. One of the teachers who I knew there complained that, you know, it was like, you know, you could barely make 20000 a year, Right. And this is this is like this is in 19, the this is in the eighties. This is nineteen eighty four. So I don't know what they're making now, but that was thinking. Still, yeah, they're not millionaires. Yeah. At the time, they I should did, be paid more, man. At the Teachers time, I really yeah. But at the time, I didn't know this. This guy's giving me career advice, and uh, yeah, so I don't know what he was making, but he you know he, he didn't have this lucrative job, right? Yeah, Catholic school guidance counselor. So he goes, oh, you know, you should really study business and maybe do music on the side. And at this point, uh, I had this idea that I wanted to go to Berkeley College of Music. I'd never been to Boston. I didn't know anyone who went to Berkeley, but I had ordered their catalog, and it was like Al Miola, all these famous guitarists that went there. So instead, I go to NIU, Northern Illinois University. That, that's a great school. I, I actually <laughs> I auditioned there, and I didn't get in. Man. Oh, uh, see, they, but I, I went for business. They oh okay, so so that, I, so Mr. Melnick is a smart move, probably. But, well, <laughs> so I mean, it, it's it's a give and take. You, yeah. it, I always say like if if you have a really specific plan. Yeah, um, and then you know you can also kind of live the bohemian lifestyle if, if yeah. you if you want to be a musician in New York City and live in like a really tiny place, yeah. uh, you can do that. But but it's it's very um, if you are going to go to school for music, you have to have a very specific plan. Yeah. So that when you get out, you you, you know what you're going to do. But totally. but yeah, NIU I I, yeah. I auditioned there and I was great at drum set, but my my mallet chops I'm pretty good at mallets, but I just wasn't quite up to snuff. Yeah, <laughs> that was. That was uh, one of the schools I didn't make it into. I made it into the new school in New York. Wow. But I didn't make it into NIU. <laughs> yeah. It was, you know, because NIU was, I see, I, NIU was one of those, like, the moment that changed my life. Like, my life pivoted, like, Labor Day weekend in 1985. It's such NIU. a beautiful right. campus. Yeah. And, and, I mean, just practicing-wise, just, yeah. like, little distractions. Well, it was weird. Less distractions. Yeah. <laughs> but I literally lasted one day. 
Oh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even really get to the. Well, I, I actually did a semester there. The story. But first day there, right? <laughs> we were in the Grant Tor- Grant North Towers. Sure. You know, like the, the I dorms. Think I, I think I know where the. I, another Tower. another side side note. I used to me and my friends. We're from Wheaton, right? Yeah. We used to yeah, go I mean, to NIU to like party. Yeah. Because like we we know people who were going to college there. So I've had. I've had so many good times on the on the. It was like the the apartment area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've had a lot of good times there. Nice man. You drive all the way. It's only like what, like hour and a half, two hours. It was from, an hour and a half. Yeah. From here, you know. From, yeah. From like, I'm in Naperville now. We, yeah. But anyway, so so what happened? What what happened after you you left NIU? Well, it was it was it was really it was strange. It actually happened like at NIU the first day you move into the dorms. And you're meeting all the guys. I had a really cool roommate and everything. I had first time living away from home. Totally dug it. I thought, oh, this is great. I'm going to study business. And I was, I had an art history class that it was interesting to me. That I, and I hadn't taken any classes yet. But I, I was going to take art history, music theory class, but business classes, calculus, all this stuff. Sure. So we go to the lounge at the end of the hallway, and it's the RA, Ed, from Bridgeport. Hey, you guys. So, right? And we are, he old, said. old school Chicago accent. Yeah, freshmen's and sophomores, you know. And he says, okay, we're going to go around the room, and we're going to introduce ourselves, and we're going to say where we're from and what we're studying, and then tell us something that you're into. Now, it was interesting. Another, I had always went to Catholic schools, and we had sat in alphabetical order. My last name's Wilson, so I was always in the far back right-hand corner. <laughs> so I inherently went to the far back right-hand corner. And I'm a first-row kind of guy now. So I go to the back, so I'm going to be one of the last ones to speak. And the first guy goes, and he says, uh, you know, Ed goes first. He says, yeah, my name's Ed. I'm from Chicago. I'm from Bridgeport. And I'm really into, I forget what he was into, but I'm studying business. But I'd like to do this. And he says something else. And next up was Mike, my buddy Mike. He, we became friends. He's from Morton Grove. Uh, he's really into bodybuilding. This guy's Jack like Arnold. He wants to do something in health and fitness, but he's studying accounting so that he can go do something with accounting. And as we went around the room, every single person was, I'm 19 years old, I'm 18 years old. I'm really into this, but I'm not doing it. I'm studying business instead. And as I was sitting there, I was like, holy, holy shit. Like, we're not even trying. We're like not even trying to like break out and do something. Sure. So by the time it got to me, I said, my name's Chris. I'm from Clarendon Hills, Illinois. I'm not going to be here very long because I'm transferring to Berkeley College of Music at the end of the semester because I'm going to be a guitarist. <laughs> uh, and nice. it looks like, no way, no way. So in that moment, I decided I was going. I had not. I just so, <laughs> so then I'm like, okay, so now I'm going to Berkeley. I went home that weekend from Labor Day. And I had heard, I had I'd filled out the application that had been sitting on my desk. I just like mailed it in, went over to my high school, saw Mr. Melnick. I said, hey, the NIU thing, I'm going to do the semester, but I need you to mail my transcripts to like Berkeley College of Music. I'm going to Berkeley. And he's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Never went back to St. Joseph's High School after that. But uh, while I was at Berkeley, it just so happened because I was a music minor, I studied with a graduate assistant named Frank Vodo, and Frank graduated from Berkeley, and he studied with the chairman of the department. And I said, hey, I'm going to Berkeley. And he said, you're a crazy fuck. You're going to starve. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if I could swear on this. That's, that's a quote from oh, Frank. Yeah, yeah. So he got me ready for Berkeley. And so, so when I went to Berkeley in January then, so I got, so this, I, is, this is interesting because we've actually never really talked about your, yeah. your school before. That's, that's why we're here. So, so, I went to, so I went to Berkeley College of Music then in that did, January. So I so bailed on NAU. You might have gone there at, at a similar time to my, oh, uh, you, you may be just a little bit older than him. 
Um, the did you did you run into a guy Jason Patera ever? So I'm so I'm 53. So I'm I know Jason because I taught at the Chicago Academy for the Performing Arts. Oh, you taught there? I taught there. I went to high school there. So I I taught there. That's a, there's a funny reason how I got that gig. Because my life is a series of weird events like this. Sure. I, so, the, so I end up going to Berkeley. I study with the chairman of the guitar department because I knew Frank from yeah, NYU. Yeah, let, let's stick to chronological. Yeah. Yeah, go so I end up life. studying. Yeah. I go see the chairman, William Levitt. He's written all the books. He has five students. I go what, up to him. What was his, uh, his, his main instrument? He was a guitarist. So he was chairman of okay. the guitar department. So okay. Ber- you know, Berkeley had all these departments. So right. I walked up to him. I said, hey, I'd like to study with you. And he's like, I don't take any students. I said, oh, I was a student of Frank photo oh frank chicago hmm. i can't take you this semester but come see me in september so i was nice. this, i was studying with the best teacher in the throwing, world throwing so, some names out yeah I just, well i had a connection i had this connection and it, sure. you know i went in and i was very polite and so yeah i ended up uh, at berkeley and and it was wonderful graduated in 1990 had a degree in what they called arranging back then so a writing degree and a performance degree so i did two majors which i don't know what i was thinking it was so much work so i mean i just worked all the time were you and jason going to the school at the same time or so I think- i'm probably 20 years older than jason i'm 53 not twenty years old. Ten years older, anyway. You look way younger, by the yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The I wouldn't, I wouldn't even guess that. But yeah, you're because Jason's really young. He's. I met Jason when he was a high school, out of high school. No, no, he. I mean, and he was. I'm, I'm thirty five. Yeah. So I think Jason's about ten years. Forty five. Okay. So when I was, so you, I mean, yeah, you, yeah. you guys were almost in the same. Yeah. You know, only a couple years apart. Because when I went, I was teaching. I ended up, so I get out of Berkeley. I, and I start teaching guitar. I start. I hang up green flyers. And I start marketing this guitar school. Sure. And and I'm teaching. I'm the only teacher. So I, we're a business with one employee, which is you know Chris Wilson, founder and president. Hi. How many employees do you? Have? But it was great. Like I connected with rock bands because grunge music was really big. I had people in bands, and uh, I opened up an office then in the suburbs. So that you're, you're talking about after you graduated. After Berkeley. So I've graduated from Berkeley. And, and you got a, a four-year degree? Yeah, four-degree Bachelor's of Music in performance. performance and in composition. Or they call it, I think they right. call it contemporary writing now. So I had two degrees from sure. Berkeley. And Berkeley was awesome. Uh, and I've, I, I've heard many things about Berkeley. Good. I mean, it's yeah, so It's super bad. Com- it's, it's, it's super competitive. Every school is like People that, became those. rock stars. You know, the drummer right. from the Spin Doctors, Paula Cole was there, Layla Hathaway, Roy Hargrove. I did mean, you did you find uh, Jeff Parker? Was buddy. there ever an issue with like um, kind of the variety of, of instruments? Did you ever find it difficult? When I went to college, there were no bass players, which uh, is actually like the real life too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Berkeley proud I mean there were five thousand musicians there. There were nine hundred oh, thousand there were a thousand so a thousand guitar players. That's there were, so big. There were 400 bass players. I think there was probably, what, like 300 people in my whole school, maybe yeah. four or 500 at the most. Hundreds of drummers. Yeah. Really, where you. That's st- crazy. I can't st- even imagine. Yeah. It dropped off for like, you started seeing, and this drove the older guys crazy, like less saxophones, less, like the big bands. Like there weren't large ensembles. So there were there were still, you know. Too um, many drummers and guitar players. <laughs> a lot of guitar players. <laughs> Drummer, guitar Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> engineers. People wanted to learn how to work through. There was the only, that back then was the only school you could go to study engineering, like to learn how to run a mixing board you oh, know yeah, and yeah. tape machines berkeley actually had recording studios and so they oh, had this man, thing that, i love tape machines don't even get uh, me started on that <laughs> but they would have and they had this cool thing like you're a songwriter you would bring your songwriter to the recording studio and there would be a student band like me they would hand you a chart and then they would make a 24 track recording of your song in an hour oh, that's, that's, that's and then they the, the tape would then go to the next 
class, and that would be the mix down class. We're going to mix down this class, That's and then so at the cool. end you would have a demo. And so we I we was did in the studio all day. Some stuff at Roosevelt where we went to studios, yeah. but it wasn't all like in house. That's so cool because everything's in house. Studios, five or seven studios. Right, uh, state of the art. Twenty four state of the art, nineteen eighty five or eighty six. Anything you yeah. needed. There was no excuse for yeah. And you, it could, was, you could argue that there, there's the stuff. For recording was better back then than it is now. Yeah, <laughs> I it actually, was great. Being yeah. a tape enthusiast, I would I would argue that they, yeah. <laughs> they were probably making better better recordings back then than yeah. You know, digital stuff's awesome, but yeah, tape. I mean, well, yeah, and weird things happen. Like like I had a writing teacher named Richard Evans who was from Chicago. Uh-huh. So one day I'm walking down the hallway at Berkeley, and there's Richard. Says, Chris, how's it going? He said, I need a guitar player right now. I said, oh, Richard, I'm your man. Sure. He's like, I'll drop. He's, I said, I'll drop everything. I'll come play for you. So I played in his band. And he's like, because it was some project. I don't know. He needed a guitar player. I'm like, yeah, I'll be there. Like, what am I, like, I was going to go home and eat pizza or whatever. So I become sure. Richard's, like, he uses me for all his guitar stuff. Anything he needs a guitar player for, he uh, hires me, like at Berkeley and in Boston. So I'm moving to Chicago. He writes me, a, like, a letter of recommendation, calls people for me, gives people a list, says, go talk to these people, mm-hmm. drop my name. So Richard sent me. And so, like, I started working in live bands. Do, do you miss living in Boston? No, I no. wasn't. I wasn't from it's there. It's expensive, right? Yeah, really I just I wasn't. I have. I've never been back. I mean, sure, yeah. I've been many other places. I had never been anywhere either. Like, I've I've never lived anywhere except Chicago. Like, yeah, I've lived in the city and I've lived in the suburbs and. Yeah, yeah. I never, you know, we like, I grew up, my family grew up in Chicago and we would drive to Florida for a vacation and that was it. Like, I'm, right. I mean, later on I started going to Europe and traveling and. Ch- Chicago is a very practical place to live. It's, yeah. it's expensive, but it's not that expensive. There, it's all I know. There are opportunities, yeah. you know. Yeah. But anyway, so, so you. Oh, so weird. How I met Jason. That's where we're going. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Right. <laughs> so I start teaching guitar lessons and I've got this guitar studio in my apartment and we've we've done a podcast with Jason Terra for yeah, all those that are cool. listening. We, yeah, I know that, that was yeah. my like third one. I think I did. Yeah, um, he was my teacher in high school. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm giving guitar lessons. I have a studio in the suburbs in Hinsdale, which is really what grew into my current business. I rented an office space from a business. Oh, right? Okay. So, so at this point, was your this is 1991, your, January of 91. It's not in the same space. You're, you're I think I'm, your dad I'm had in, an office there at one point. Well, right? this was a, like I, I went I. I had students driving from the city, no, driving from the suburbs to the city to take lessons and they couldn't park and everything. So I thought, well, I'll keep my apartment job going. And the apartment- So you were living in-, in I'm living in the city in a high which, rise- Which neighborhood? Uh, Gold Coast. This oh, is when they nice. built all these buildings <laughs> and they let you live for free for three months. Oh. Because they they needed tenants. When so was that a thing? 1990. I wish that was a thing now. <laughs> well, you sign an 18-month lease and you get three months free. Oh, okay. To get you in. And then the building would be full. Jeez, we're, with our economy now where it's heading, maybe that'll happen again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a great time to be in Chicago, yeah. Sure. So I'm, I'm giving lessons, though, in uh, in this. I, start rent, I rented the space from a, like an office from like a record store just to teach in the suburbs. And um, this kid, go, I'm giving lessons to this kid, and he's studying at Columbia College with a classical guitar teacher. And, uh, and so this kid is serious, so I'm like just, I'm nice, but I'm like kicking his ass every week. I'm like, here, this, if you're going to play, this is what you have to do, you know. And uh, his guitar teacher saw what I was teaching him and goes, oh, this guy's great. Would he? So my phone rings, and uh, he says, hey, Chris, my name's Norman Ruiz. I teach guitar at Columbia College, and I also teach at a performing arts high school. We need a jazz guitarist. Would you like a job? And I said, sure. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I end up, so the job was Chicago Academy of Performing Arts. So I went there and started teaching guitar. 
So when you were in the city, um, were you playing with any bands? Yeah, I worked. I mean, tons of bands. Like any any names that uh, nobody famous. I did them. This was in. So I had any, anything that's been recorded. People could check tons out. Tons of stuff. You know, I don't know that because back did then, it make it onto YouTube. Well, because this is 1990, right? There is right, no right. there is no internet. No, and this is the 90s. There's no computers for recording. Like the good you can old do days. recording. <laughs> yeah. So everybody, especially because the Smashing Pumpkins had come out, uh, and Bruce Assault, there were all these bands. People were like making demos and trying to get signed. And there was interest, like you could make a demo and you could at least get listened to. So yeah, I mean, I was at CRC, all Chicago Recording Company, all the time recording, all these demo studios, uh, doing stuff all the time, but none of it, nothing ever went anywhere. Like you made a record and then you printed 500 copies thinking you could sell it, but people didn't know how to market it. And sure. so, uh, <laughs> which was funny, cause I was at that point, I was really growing my guitar school. And so I was marketing like all day. And then my sort of, I was moonlighting at, I, through the guy who got me the Chicago Academy job, he got me a job at a college teaching guitar at a college. And then, so at the Academy, I'm curious, um, uh, what, what years were you there? Um, you know, uh, ballpark. 90, <laughs> 90, say 92 to, to 2099. Once my daughter was born and the school grew, like I really couldn't be there all the time. But Jason was there hanging, Jason was there like hanging out. Were you, when was I there? I don't know. So I was there. What year did you graduate from high school? Yeah, the, you had left like right when I, a couple years before I started there. Cause yeah. I, we were the class of, um, uh, yeah, we, we, I think I started at 2000. Yeah, so I was long gone by that. Yeah, and then 2004. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. Yeah, the. I, if you were I, 2004, then definitely I was gone. No, actually, I think it was 90, because I, I was born in 85, right? So. Yeah. Uh, that would mean in 95, I was 10. And then in 2005, I was 20. So actually, yeah, I probably started high school You right around when you left is probably nice, when man. I started. Yeah. We, we might have run into each other. Yeah. It's really funny. I, I did an audition for a movie at the... My, like My mom was just <sighs> like, hey, you should do an audition for this movie. I think it was um, uh, uh, the... Who, What's the what's the thing where there's alfalfa? Uh, little rascals. The little rascals. Yeah. They had like a movie audition. Wow. And like I, my mom was just like, "Hey, why don't you try out?" And I was like, "Okay, I'll do it." Yeah, <laughs> and I think we funny. actually that was my first time in the building, and I was super young then. I was like, I was like probably yeah. you know. So it, we definitely yeah. That's <laughs> so, funny. So many crossroads of my life have have uh, <laughs> have gone yeah. into that. That that building on uh, on yeah. Ogden and uh, Chicago yeah. Avenue. Yeah. So so yeah. When, when you so when Jason you, was the, not at Berkeley yet though. That's the, when I met Jason. He was just there hanging out. Like oh, he yeah, he, he, talked he was about like that. Right, he, right. he was like helping out somehow. But he was sure. like I'm going to Berkeley, and I was like that was cool. But he was like so you went to Berkeley before him. Yeah, I had graduated in 1990, so 10 years. It's you such know, a small. Are you in contact with him? You no, you know it's it just a small world, man. Yeah, I, I should have. A, but I'm terrible at that. I don't keep in contact with anybody. I, I try to, I but try. it's impossible because I like to do it by phone. Yeah. I, I, I don't like Facebook. Yeah. I don't like Twitter. I like to actually talk to people. Yeah. In person is the best. I'm a, what what person, I should yeah. do, I should have a, once this whole like COVID thing is over with, if it ever is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I should uh, I should have a barbecue. I'll, I'll invite you all you guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and no one will come. <laughs> uh, no, we'll all come, man. But Jason was like a heavy metal drummer then. Like he had like yeah, the double man. bass drum. And, I, I, and I, he I, was I talking a, about jazz. I was like, I put yeah. a picture up with him. He had uh, long hair. Like, yeah. Just like I, believe it or not, I had dreadlocks at one point. Nice. 
Yeah. I, I used to be... Uh, I had very long hair and then cut off. In 93, I cut it all. Yeah. There was a point where everybody, like Billy Corgan shaved his head. Eddie, Vedder, everyone cut their hair at some point. And yeah. I think it was 1993, <laughs> 94. Like all, you'll see it with grunge bands. Like all of a sudden, the hair was gone. Like, people it, were I think hair. Billy Corgan did it because he was starting to lose his hair. I'm, I'm starting yeah. to lose my hair now. Yeah. Maybe I should... Uh, Bullet with butterfly wings. That was you great. Still, you still got good hair. I have good... I don't know. It's just I somehow... Genetics, yeah. And then yeah. diet, you know. Yeah. Lack of... Uh, if you drink too much, I think you lose your hair too. Yeah. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, I'm guilty of all of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but hey, you know, I, yeah. I enjoy life. <laughs> so it was weird though. It kept going though. All of a sudden, I incorporate. I had people working for me, and then it was sure. like a music school. And I was surprised that people wanted voice lessons, so I had voice teachers, and I had this. So, that, so you kind of started building up. Um, the school you, kept growing. Like that was. Right. It wasn't supposed to be my job. I was going like, oh, I got a job at a college because I was talking to so where, where was the first like location? So my first location was in my apartment at 1133 North Dearborn, out of my okay. apartment. And then I rented a little record store in Hinsdale. And I don't know what what's there now, but that would have been January of 91. And so I did sure. that. And then by 93, I had like, I don't know, 60 students. I was teaching at college. I was teaching in bands. I was working like crazy. But I was like, it was great. You know, you're 25 years old. You're, work, you're working. Living the dream. <laughs> well, and I remember, like, this is funny, getting back to the high school guidance counselor. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm taking advice from this guy who makes 17 grand a year. I don't know that he made 17000 a year, but that was the number in my head. So I remember thinking when I had made $17,000, when I made 17001 I was ahead of him. <laughs> sure. So and I remember keeping track of him going, oh, today was the day. And everyone's like, why are you celebrating like you made $17,000? I was like, let me tell you why. It's a thing for me. Yeah, <laughs> it was, for sure. I, I was like, there was a competitive nature why I approved the person wrong. But <laughs> but yeah, I just kept going. You know, At some point, it became an incorporated business. And um, I realized that getting hired as a college was impossible. Mm-hmm. You know, like you couldn't get a full-time job. There were no – and then – you know, like the school jobs were were tough because I wasn't certified, so I wasn't going to get like a public school job. You, the performance, you would need like an actual teaching degree. Yeah, for yeah, that, for right? that be licensed. And at the Chicago Academy, like the teachers turned over quickly. Like you'd work there a couple of years, but there just wasn't full time work. Yeah, you know? I remember, man, when I was there, there were some really interesting cats. Uh, Don Skoog. Yeah, no, so I played in the band with Don. No way. We we were in the band it's called such Cruel a Jazz small World. And, Such a small world. <laughs> well, and I remember hanging out with Don, and Musically, Don's a great you know? guy, yeah. man. Uh, and, you know, his thing was like, and I took this from Don, and if you're listening, Don, thank you. He basically, you know, had a studio Probably in his house. That doesn't even remember me. Yeah, <laughs> had a studio in his house, right? And he was self-contained, and he didn't need anybody else. Like, he had a self-contained unit, and I thought, you know... Like I'm relying because like sometimes like at Morton College where I taught you'd have 20 students sometimes you have three and it was like this weird thing that I was and I had no control over how many people were there or no marketing with my business I had it full I had I had learned digital marketing in 1994 yeah I had websites and homepages and all this stuff selling my business and I realized you know I really need to like leave all these jobs. And just mm-hmm. focus on the Academy of Music and Art. And, and, the, and it was called Chris Wilson School of Music at that point. Hire sure. people, grow the business, learn how to run a business, uh, and keep things going. And so that became sort of my single point of focus was, okay, I, I'll play in bands and write music and do records sort of as a side thing. But I can blow the school up into something really big. And so sure. I started learning everything. about. I learned how to do direct mail. I learned how to do – I mean, everything with marketing to sell a local business, like, I can do. Uh, so yeah. that became my thing. And so then it was like there – I, so, so I had two rooms man. and then four <laughs> rooms, you know, and I kept building rooms and uh, – you know, uh, there was a. I was yeah, the, a the the marketing aspect. Even if you're just a a, a musician, 
you need to learn how to market yourself. Totally. Yeah. The, my first experience with marketing was actually in food service. Yeah. I used to uh, hand out flyers. Yeah. Um, for for this uh, this restaurant I worked for in downtown Chicago on nice. the bridges for like the the day to day migration of yeah. everybody into the office. And oh yeah. Back. And I I was the only one there who actually like did it. I, I saw myself as like kind of an old fashioned like paper boy. Yeah. So I would like <laughs> like I, this. Yeah. This, uh, you know, like, free food right here. Yeah. Come on. Come and get it, you know. Well, you <laughs> first, know. First edition. New news. I, I, <laughs> and I, I increased our business. Yeah. I think I managed to increase our business by, like, 30 or 30%. Oh, yeah. like, huge. Well, know? that's that old school hustle. Like, like right. when I built the school, it was like put, flyers. Put some effort into it. Yeah, flyers. And, and you're <laughs> going around to... Uh, you know, it used to be guitar center and places like that didn't give lessons. So I'd go in there and have like little displays of rack cards, you know, and business sure. cards and flyers everywhere and talking to people and anything I could. Uh, you know, and we used to do door hangers. And so we'd print up a thousand door hangers. Labor Day week and everyone else is at a barbecue and we're walking our neighborhood like hanging up door hangers, you know. Sure. Yeah. You have to be creative. It, it has a certain kind of – it's like a – a practical creativity. It's not yeah. the kind of creative where like I wrote a beautiful song. It's yeah. the kind of creative where it's like it's like, like I'm I'm adapting to the situation where yeah. I need to like 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 you know figure out a way to fit into the yeah. which is a really a really special kind of creativity that, yeah. that not not everybody has. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it was just doing it like constantly doing it. And I remember always I was writing everything down we were doing. And so at some point, you know, the world became digital marketing. Facebook Google websites. And so a lot of that stuff fell by the wayside. You know, just do it less and less. When the COVID-19 thing hit, I basically wrote out, okay, what's everything I did? And so I came up with 56 things I did in my business. And I did, Now well, we got to get really creative. Well, yeah. I wrote all 56 out. And then I said, how would I do it? And then it became a description. Sure. And then when I was done, it became a book that I is being published. It's called uh, Marketing During Tough Times, 56 Ways to Market oh, Your you Business. Oh, you wrote a book? I wrote a book. And That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, tell, yeah. And so, do a shout out here. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, and it was, it's the 56 ways that I used to market the Academy of Museum Art. That's not because there's nothing wrong with Google, but Google's expensive and it's crowded. Facebook, everybody's on Facebook. There's nothing wrong with Facebook, but it's like okay, like other than those two outlets, and there's a million people on there. Where, and, where can I get a copy? I, I uh, buy you know, a copy. I'll send you a copy of it. Yeah. I'll say. <laughs> um, but yeah, it became. Is it, is it available on like Amazon or something? It's going to be available on Amazon. Yeah. Um, That's where everyone goes now. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, there's a Facebook page. It's called Chris Wilson Coaching. You can find it on Facebook at Chris Wilson Coaching, and you know, there's videos of me on there. You, there's a lot of YouTube videos and videos of me talking about the different things we do during tough times to sort of turn your business around the actions that sure. you have to take and it's like you know it just it's just like when i was at niu sitting in that you know uh, lounge going okay like i need to do something like he can't just be here it's like i'm almost back to that okay like like we can't just like rely on google you know sure. hey, we've got a cool website cool everyone's got a good website you know <laughs> it's like you're trying to get people to completely rethink like taking music lessons or dance classes like you know you you don't want to come in okay well we have it online we have it on youtube so when you Back to the, the sure. your, your life chronologically. Um, yeah. The when you started um, in Hinsdale, you said? yeah, Hinsdale. Well, really, my a, apartment in Chicago, and then right, right. I, I had like a Hinsdale was like a satellite location. And was that what, what kind of was it just a little? Yeah, it was a little, record store. Uh, oh, they nice. sold records yeah. and That's CDs, cool and they went uh, and I rented like their. Remember, like, remember those? Stores. Yeah, remember record stores, everybody. <laughs> and they sold. Yeah, there's, it was called the. There's mu- like five left in the whole country. Yeah. <laughs> 
It was called the Music Room, and it's funny. The guy who owned its name was Richard Nixon, which is kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) He was a cool guy, and uh, you know, this was sort of they had day jobs, and this was like their kind of fun project. And so, in 1993, they're just like, "Yeah, we're not going to do it anymore." It's just owning a retail store sucks. It's hard. Sure. So I had all these students. So then uh, I started looking. I, I. I briefly rented space, like I had sort of a transition space, but there, there was an office building that my dad had, uh, 350 East Ogden, where I'm at currently, and I rented just a little office there. And Man, I remember, um, what was the big, what was that place where you could go and exchange CDs for other CDs? Oh, like a CD like a, warehouse. I think, oh yeah, right? you brought you it. That? You brought in your old CDs, right. and they, uh, for every CD, they'd give you a store credit, and then, and then you could get some. And then what was the big? There was also a big retailer that had. Uh, it was like a chain back in like the '90s and early 2000s that sold CDs. It, this is after records, so we're being no yeah. This would be, be not Best Buy because a lot of people went to Best Buy. Was kind of the, the this was, was only kind of, um, CD like. I can't remember what it was called, but it was only music. Oh, nice, man! I just say I, I feel sorry for young people sometimes. Music, music land, maybe there was a music land, maybe, and the, then there was the big one in, in the city too. I, I can't even remember what that was called. I, I, I was lucky enough. That was that a used There was the Jazz Record Mart. That was yeah. a good. They is, had is two that locations. gone now? I don't know. It they had two is. though. They had one up in. Um, it's funny because now record stores are actually coming back. Yeah. a little bit, you know. But I, I just I, I feel bad because like. The experience of going into one of those stores, like there's stuff that you can't get, like the the smell too. Like there's like there's the smell of like the cellophane and like these beautiful like like you know untouched. Yeah, (laughs) and you can't get that from uh, you know just popping onto YouTube and turning a song on or or going to. There's just yeah that that experience. I hope. I hope the, yeah. the young people can get to, yeah. and I mean, you know, it's the same with records too. Yeah. There was also there was a really cool place that was at um, Reggie's. The, this is a little more recent. Oh, the music place, yeah, down on State or what? Yeah, second, they, they had a big record oh, they had a, store. That's right, yeah, yeah, uh, above. Sure. I, I love that place. I, I bought, I found uh, Jaco Pastorius, uh, his own album nice. on 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 vinyl there. Nice, the first one with, where he does Donna Lee. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. a great record. Which is, yeah, very, very Teen cool. Towns on there or Portrait Tracy, something like that. But saw so he's he was a monster. Jocko is incredible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think Michael Brecker's on that. Yeah. But my dad's uh my dad's rocking out. Yeah, let's go <laughs> play the drums. That's cool. Yeah. It is a drum shop, so yeah, you might hear some drums. Play, in the play the drums, man. <laughs> yeah. I might I might actually grab a little bit more coffee. Do you want some coffee? I, I'm okay for now, but thanks. That's that's so funny that you know Don Skoog, man, because Don was a it's a small world. <laughs> yeah, because Cruel Jazz was a great band. It was me, Don. So Keith cr- cruel, like cruel, a, like yeah, C-R-U-E-L? like cruel. Yeah, cruel, like yeah. And the record was called Birth of the Cruel. Man, is there any way people can listen to it? I don't know. Find a copy. I mean, we I mean we cut it back in 1995 or something like that. We cut it a long time ago, but it was a great. It was like a power trio. Like we would play giant steps, but it, we, you know, I play a strat through like you know a loud Fender amp, so it was like loud sure. jazz. And it was because when we first got to know each other, we always we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of laughs. What in the did day. Don play? Did you play? Don kit? was Don was playing kit at that point. He this is me mallets. So he was a mallet player then as well, but he was a kit player in this band. And this is before he went to Cuba and did the whole Latin music thing. Like he's just he had just his straight ahead time. Don Skoog probably has the best time of any drummer I've ever played. Just like, really? yeah, he could just lay it down, man. I've never seen him play kit before. He That's is funny. a, I mean, I haven't played kit, but he was a badass kit player back in the day for like jazz stuff, 
Latin, I mean, just any of that stuff. Like, you know, mainstream stuff, great player, rock solid, loud. Like, I, I, every sure. kid, great, to, and a lefty. Uh, but we do, it was funny, we would, we always joked about how, like, like there was always the people who would insult you. They'd be like, hey, man, like, I love your playing, yeah. And you'd be like, oh, really? Yeah, it reminds me of what I was doing, like, five years ago. You know? <laughs> yeah, you totally remember where I was at in high school. You know, and it was always these, like, so then we, we would jokingly insult each other. We were a cruel band. I was like, oh, we play cruel jazz, and then we became cruel jazz. And we worked all the time, but we never played, like, the Green Mill. We played, like, Sheffield. We played, like, the Map Room. We played, like, rock band gigs. Like, we had, nice. like, long hair, and, and we were if we played all the things you are it was like this crazy weird version of it you know and it we, sure. but mostly original music we played i wrote music that was when i really uh i would try to write a song every week so i would have fresh material for the band and so we did mostly original music and uh yeah it was a great band yeah and that's uh, awesome man and yeah I, it's really cool hearing about all the different groups that yeah that you've played with i, I love to to you know talk about especially if like there's somewhere we can find a recording yeah i would know? like to find a recording because a lot of you know <laughs> Dude, you what, well what do you have that you that, know I, i'd have to find yeah so because <laughs> you do like especially when i was doing records if, and if studio you, work do you have anything on like cassette or i probably do you if know, I have you to do find it, yeah. i can bounce that out for you oh, i have nice. a really really nice yeah. high-end cassette player that oh, nice. um, yeah uh that, that that would work perfectly for it. it's a nice tiac and uh, i can digitize it and then yeah. And then you could put it on YouTube or something. People could actually totally. listen to it. Yeah, it was <laughs> if, funny. If you want, you know. No, see, find I'd be curious like. what it sounds like because a lot of it was like you would, you know, some guy would say, oh, I've got a development deal with Capitol Records. Hey, you know, I've got CRC booked for like four days. Here's my songs. Can we rehearse once? We'd go in and record the songs with like, you know, some guy who was an engineer for Sticks or something who was awesome. And then you, they'd pay you your 500 bucks and then you'd never see each other again. Like the guy would go off and try to get signed and it would never go anywhere. And so there was just project after that went on for years. So, I mean, there's so many things I played on that were original songs, uh, you know, in addition to the jazz stuff and the fusion stuff that I was doing, I was in so many rock band and pop stuff or whatever, whatever it was, you know, whoever was popular, somebody was like trying to knock it off and they heard me to play guitar on it. So it was nice. Sure. My guitar, my, my license plate was guitar man. That was pretty cool. <laughs> you actually got that from, I, uh, uh, it was GTR, GTR. MA, GTR man was my license plate. Nice. And I, you know, I was working for a singer, and I, and I said, "Oh man, I got," I said, "Oh man, I got robbed again." He's like, "Why don't you just put a sign in your car that says valuable musical equipment inside?" <laughs> sure. <yeah. laughs> I was like, "Okay, yeah." So I asking for. <laughs> I haven't had the license plate in a while, but uh, yeah, but that was so. It was just you know working, you know, working all the time as a guitarist and doing the school. And at some point, they sort of went simultaneously. And sure. I, my daughter was born, and it was funny because it was like. You know, I saw her like a couple hours a day like in the morning, and then I would be like, you know, I'd go off, I'd, I'd see her from, you know, until 10 in the, or 9 and 10 in the morning, I'd go teach at a college or a high school, go to my studio, uh, come home at 10 at night, grab my amp and go play a gig till 2 in the morning, sleep for four hours, and then, you know, and it was, uh, it, was a, it was a blast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was so I, much fun. I studied with uh, Wertico, and oh, wow. he, he yeah. talked about the musical scene when he was yeah. coming up. It was funny because I think uh, one of the restaurants that was right next to where I lived, I lived on Ashland and Fullerton, and it was like, it was just north of it. It was, I can't remember, yeah. even remember what it was called, but that, like they're that. open 24 hours. Oh, okay. And they all live there. Oh, uh, right. it's, it's Mexican food. Oh, like and, at Elston and Addison, like that area, right? Or at Clybourne? Uh, yeah, yeah. Cl it's actually, yeah, Clybourne. Addison. Clybourne and, uh, and at Ashland. 
Yeah. So. Oh, actually, Kyborn and Fullerton. Yeah, I got you. I used to. It's funny. I used. To, I used to live in a loft over there for a oh, while. Oh, nice. Yeah. Right, right, right above, uh, right on Fullerton, above Hoghead McDonough's. Oh, I used to. I used to go to that place. And yeah. There, there was an art gallery. I've had a couple yeah. uh, nights there drinking. Yeah. <laughs> there was an art gallery next door. And we played there every, you know, Saturday night. So I had like a Saturday night. It was our steady cruel jazz gig. And so that was at that point, cruel jazz was working like every Friday, Saturday. We, you know, we were playing, but never like Green Mill. They would never hire us. I mean, we would never get hired there. <laughs> I played there once. I did a, I did a free jazz gig there. Like free jazz or free as in no cost or free as in Ornette Coleman. Um. All of them. Oh, nice. <laughs> cool. So you, you played free jazz and you weren't played. Yeah, and I, I was wasn't like, paid. Yeah, so was no one paid. Double for free. It. Yeah. And oftentimes it ends up being like. I feel <laughs> like a, it. Yeah. It's a triple meeting. Yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. It, it was with um, uh, a trumpet player, uh, really, really cool guy, really out there stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cool place. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, all that. I, I think this was a Mingus project. So oh, we nice! Did a lot of Mingus tunes. I always, we used to play Nostalgia in Times Square. Yeah, Mingus, awesome. Kind of like a hard bop. Yeah, hard bop. Goodbye Pork by Adam. I mean, Mingus, you know, Yeah, Mingus, that's man. that's one of my favorite tunes. I love that tune. Yeah, beautiful song. So, yeah, it's interesting the the way. It's interesting how life leads you because you don't really think. I'm going to Berkeley College of Music. And I'm going to be a guitarist, you know, and then you get out of school and all the music you like isn't popular anymore, right? <laughs> and then you end up teaching and then you think you're going to go into a school, but then you end up starting a school and owning a school, you know? <laughs> sure. And then the thing that you do, like, you know, they you think people would want to like know about the guitar and stuff, but they want to know how are you marketing your business, you know? And so people come to you and go, hey, how did you get, how do you get clients? How do you get students? That was the number one question people asked me, which is why... The book ended up coming out, and I because I've done yeah, consulting I'm, I'm for really people. To yeah, check it out. I'll definitely. Uh, but it was funny because I was always helping people out with the business side of stuff of their business, and it was it's funny the things that people want from you that you take for granted. It's like, okay, everyone get clients, isn't that like part of the deal? So yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, marketing. Yeah, the marketing mar- yourself. It's yeah. interesting. Yeah, being able to sell yourself. Yeah. So like. What, what are some musicians that uh, have really inspired you? <laughs> uh, the guy who I, you know, there's been a few. In jazz, the person I copy everything from is McCoy Tyner, and he plays piano for John Coltrane. Every lick in the book, anything you, if you ever read like a jazz theory book and they talk about all these crazy concepts you should use, it's right out of his stuff. So I have McCoy Tyner, John Coltrane all the time. Uh, Miles Davis, Herbie Hancock. Chick Corea, that band. I guess it would be Miles Davis, Wayne Shorter, Herbie Hancock, that band. Yeah, and everyone talks about that band. Later, I think Herbie left and Chick came in. Like for jazz, that was it for me. Like there's no jazz guitarist. I never, you know, I was never, I like what, I mean, West Montgomery's great. They're all great. But I played a Strat, so I didn't come out of that whole thing, you know? Sure. Uh, fusion guys too, later on, uh, you know, Mike Stern or Schofield, any of that stuff was great. Um, who else? Keith Jarrett. In rock, Keith Richards, man. I love the Stones. I still love the Stones, the Who. Like, straight ahead, you know, slamming rock bands with great songs. Sure. Uh, so any <laughs> stuff like that. I mean, that was really the stuff that had, like, lasting influence. Like, because you have, like, fleeting influence. Like, we played a lot of free jazz for a while, but it was almost like you did it for a while and then you moved on from it. It wasn't something that lasted with me. And did did you, um, I think you, the Smashing Puppy, did you, like, teach some of those guys at one point? Uh, yeah, I don't usually advertise that, but yeah, one of my, one of my 
<laughs> we probably wouldn't put this on the podcast. I feel weird, like I always say, but yeah, so James E. Actually, Darcy, the basis of the Smashing Pumpkins, called me up, and this was in 1990, so they weren't famous yet, and uh, said, oh, you know, me and my boyfriend James would like to take some lessons with you, and I, I said, sure, and Darcy actually never came to any of the lessons. Like, James would come, <laughs> and he was really quiet, and he was working on, uh, it was interesting what he was working on, because he was working on, like, they were signed, they were making a record, and so he was really working on his timing like he had not played with a click before in the studio and things like that and he was just trying to figure out like what to do and then so this is like after they had been together for a little while it was i don't like, know this was 1990 so they were there gish wasn't out yet i think they oh, must cool. have been working on gish yeah, yeah. When, when i was growing up i was a big uh big pumpkins fan like yeah. they're, they're uh they're really a, a midwestern phenomena yeah they definitely have their i i and the funny thing of all their albums, I actually, I like the first one Gish. maybe the best. Yeah, Gish is the, this was the one. Yeah, this is what they were working on. And they were working on it with Butch Vig, yeah. who later became Garbage, you know, or, you know, the guy from Garbage. Yeah, I remember that. Smart <laughs> Studios. I don't know if it was Smart Studios, but yeah, he was, they, he was there interesting. There was a girl singer on that, right? And yeah, you, I'm only happy with Shirley Manson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was interesting watching... Uh, you know, because it was like, I remember talking to my brother Rob. I was like, hey, so Smashing Pumpkins, they're this local band. We should go check them out. I'm giving lessons to the guitar player. He's a cool guy. Uh, and I think they're going to be huge. And my brother Rob, who's a, is a, only a year older than me, but is a generation older in music than me. So he was like a Bon Jovi guy. Like sure. a Bon Jovi, Def Leppard guy. Like, and by then, when that music came out, I was I had moved on and I was getting ready to go to Berkeley. So I sort of missed that whole era. I was never a hair metal guy. I mean, they're fine. It's just, it wasn't <laughs> sure. for me. I felt like I had sort of done that with Def Leppard in eighth grade and was just looking for something different. So he's, I don't know. Yeah, that this, stuff is so like yeah. over the top, man. Like, yeah, it was cool. It's just, I, you, got, you got to love the 80s though. I, I, was, I was there. Yeah. I recently uh, uncovered some. And in the seventies too, like I recently uncovered yeah. some videos, like old family videos, Man, yeah. like the, the fashion, like the stuff people wore. Yeah, it's like it's so cool. Miami like Vice, everything's like Miami Vice. The, man. Yeah, these days, like I feel like people just don't care anymore. Like it's like we're very casual now. Well, yeah, and We've become very. Casual. It's it's either casual or like a lot of the times when you work at a place, you have to wear like a polo and khakis, you know. Yeah, and for me, like. And people say, like, oh, I hate ties. Like, yeah. I hate ties. I can't stand You're ties. You're a tie guy. You're always in a tie. Well, it, I, your, I, I don't know. Look, like, man. I yeah. like unified aesthetic qualities. Yeah. And then the ability to have, like, a unified aesthetic quality but then be a little bit creative inside of that yeah. is, is just kind of cool. you got the on, the French cuffs, the cufflinks, my, suspenders. My wife bought these for me. Those are nice. These are little drum sets. French See? cuffs, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little drum sets. Yeah. Yeah, she, she ordered these for me, like, probably 10 years ago. Um, and they took like a year to get to our house. Uh. <laughs> she thought they were like they were lost, but they're really cool. And I, I don't know. So it, it, maybe it's it's silly, but yeah, I just no, it's cool. Um, you know, yeah, and, and but yeah, like the seventies, you, you got to love the. I love the seventies, and and then the eighties, the like it's just it's all this like. It's so cool. Why not? You know? Yeah. Why not uh, express yourself? Eight, you know, <laughs> uh, for rock music on my Spotify playlist, probably eighty percent of my Spotify playlist is from the seventies. Yeah. You know, like Eagles or stuff that's lasting. You know, Dave, it's like, you know Dave Johnson. He's yeah, I was saying, I, I was his guitar teacher when he was a kid. Right. Right. Yeah. So he, yeah, he, always, he was great. He always, he's a very talented musician. Totally. He always said uh, he was great when he was like eleven years old. Right. Yeah. He just he he's got great ears. He just yeah. hears everything. The the music kind of hit its. 
you know, a pinnacle at, at in the seventies, and it's kind of been downhill. Yeah, it kind of. <laughs> you know, I feel like there was a point where you know you have eras where it's like, let's say we you got have a, Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder is great. You yeah. got like the yeah. Well, because think about nineteen eighty, the Eagles broke up, so no more Eagles records. You got some Don Henley records that was cool. The Stones output diminished and a lot of the stone stuff became like leftover start me up was a song from 1975 that they recycled um yeah i don't know it was just different yeah the 80s especially as the 80s wore on earth wind and fire earth wind and fire is great yeah That's they 80s, yeah they're 80s they're, phenomenon i yeah, think they're right? 70s oh really? so september would have been 1978 i think that was their last Such big good hit. music <laughs> yeah earth wind and fire was amazing yeah there was just so many 80s you had some i mean prince obviously he made great records I think I don't know if it's just like he has all these tunes where there's like a, a beat missing, the weird little hiccups. Yeah, in his he's tunes, like incredible. Are, yeah, he's yeah, incredibly kind of, talented. Kind of interesting. H- Hannah Ford, she um, or now it's a, her, her last name is different. She went to uh, college with me. She played with him for a little while. Wow, really? She's a cool chick. Yeah, um, she, um, she she like uh, she played drums uh, with him. She might have been his last, wow. last touring drummer. Cause about as good as it gets. He passed away, like, yeah. what, three years ago now? Prince, so, I don't know. Yeah, he was, he was a monster musician. I saw him live one time, and he was killer live. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think what, what happens is, like, you have a band. Let's say Van Halen gets popular. Everyone copies Van Halen, doesn't do it right, and it gets watered down, and you have awful bands. Journey <laughs> becomes popular. Journey's a great band. That becomes what everyone wants to do. Sort of simultaneously, you have bands copying Journey. That becomes watered down, you know. And then Journey and Van Halen, they all become rich and buy Ferraris and kind of chill out, right? So then you have all these bad bands that are copies. A bad copy of Van Halen, a bad copy of Journey, a bad copy of sure. the Eagles. And that's, you know, a bad copy of the Beatles. And that becomes as the, you know. Is the, is the Beatles where it all started? Yeah. Well, yeah, the Beatles are great. You could. A lot of their stuff was based on folk music. But they went to, they took classical it music man. and you know uh, everyone's copying something. Everyone's copying there's something. No, but it, I think there's, even yeah. in classical music, like you have, oh, yeah. you know, like the uh, there's the Baroque, yeah. and the Baroque was copying the yeah. the earlier stuff, and then the, the Renaissance. The Baroque yeah. was copying the Renaissance. The uh, <laughs> yeah. then later on the but I think that's how it falls apart. Was copying you know? the Baroque, and then the Romantic was copying yeah. the classical, and then the <laughs> totally, yeah. But you know, we remember the originals. We remember Beethoven, or you remember Miles Davis. But like, how about the clones? You don't remember. Like, who else was writing music around the time of Beethoven? Like, I actually can't. I'm not. A, that's not my area of expertise. But I don't know. You know, who is sure. who, who else was like? You know, there were a lot of people. <laughs> there were a lot of people. I'm sure. But like, whose music do we still listen to? You know what I mean? And maybe there were some great unknown composers. I don't know, but that—that's the difficult thing with music—is you know creating that fresh content, creating. Clara like Schumann, so I think that, that's that's a good one to check out. Clara Schumann, I'll check yeah, them the, out. Uh, if you want to listen to a. And is that from that 1800s, late, um, early 1800s? Uh, Schumann. I, I don't know if it's totally contemporary, but yeah, yeah it's a, it's a little later. I think. Oh, okay, yeah, after, but yeah, right, right around. The same. Yeah. Yeah, Beethoven. <laughs> I mean, Who, who's right? your favorite uh, classical composer? For classical, you know, a big, big Debussy, like the French composers, Debussy, Ravel, yeah. uh, love Beethoven. Who doesn't love Beethoven, man? His music's exquisite. You know, did, did you ever do any classical guitar? Do you, do you I, have I did some. Yeah, I studied I classical, classical when I was guitar, in. Man. I took so it beautiful. when I knew I was going to go to college for music. The guy I studied with, the jazz guitar guy, was actually I studied classical with him, and then he sort of steered me to jazz, like inadvertently. Sure. Uh so I did classical guitar and I did I really liked Villa Lobos and you know there yeah. I played a lot of the Bach cello suites, Sonatas Partitas for violin. 
The thing is with classical guitar, it's almost like a separate instrument, separate technique, separate yeah. writing technique. The nails. And yeah, and so it does. You look like a like a like it, a cokehead. Yeah, <laughs> you have the long nails. But it, and it doesn't really transfer. You know, you're <laughs> yeah. not improvising, you're not strumming, you're not. You know, it's you're sure. playing by yourself. So it's cool. I like it. And I and uh, I, I remember at the Chicago Academy for the Arts. The reason I say yeah, that yeah. because I never played guitar, but all of the uh, the people that. They hated ha- having to have the long nails, yeah. and uh, and they they w- when when they graduated, they all just instantly cut them yeah. off. <laughs> but but it was so beautiful. I also remember at the the Academy for the Arts, sitting on there was a median on uh, Ogden Avenue, yeah, and we would just kind of all hang out, sit in a circle, and yeah. there'd be just one guy playing classical guitar, and it was just some of the yeah. most wonderful memories of my entire life. Yeah. See, when I played it's classical... It's a portable instrument. It is. I went no nails. I said, hey, I'm not going the nails route because I thought, well, like the Spaniards who have been playing since they were four, like I'm never going to be as good as them. So sure. I have to be different. So I'll play different. <laughs> I'll sound different. So my difference was I... And I still... When I... I have three or four nylon strings. And my, my around the house guitar is a classical guitar. Uh, I do it without nails. So and it's just I have a different sound. And I'm sure, sure I'm sure classical guitars are appalled, but that was just my <laughs> angle. It's like, so it's kind of a weird version of classical guitar. Yeah, I, I think they, they you you even put like uh, nail polish on them to, to they, make them really strong. They like, do some reinforce. Stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a unique thing. Classical's different. Because you're <laughs> alone, you know, you're not like if you're a jazz guitarist or a rock musician, you need a band. You can't play by yourself. Like playing by yourself sucks. You know, you don't want to do it. But classical guitar, you're like alone in a room, like playing yeah. as a soloist. You know, you don't play with other people. That, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's just so portable. So it's different. And, yeah. Just so beautiful. This guy, uh, Chris Mann, he, he went to school with us and he was the guy who, who would play sometimes. Oh, there. nice. Just, so, so talented. Wonderful. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so, so with the school now, um, it's it's grown into something. You want to talk a little bit about how it, how it's grown sure. into it and, and where it is now, the building, yeah, and all that sure, kind of fun stuff. Well, you know, yeah. And it was when I decided, okay, I'm gonna like make this as big as possible. Like when I, at some point I said, okay, I'm just gonna go full on and do the school. You know, um, I just I started hiring people and we went from guitar. We added piano and voice and drums. So I like built four rooms out. I remember I had to go buy a drum set. I had to go like buy a piano. I think my mom gave me a piano actually. But it was like, okay. Sure. And I was surprised like how many people wanted to do voice lessons. Like I was like, really? People, it never occurred to me to take voice lessons. I was like, wow, voice is like this hugely popular thing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it just kept going. And so, you know, then some more space in the building came available. So I took some more space. And then I was like, okay, like I saw that music was becoming less popular and I saw the internet sort of people, people were still in the music, but it's like how you learn could be different. You didn't have to sit in a room and learn from a teacher. Like you could learn from YouTube. I, sure. someone came in the other day, actually just on Friday uh, for our summer camp program. And this little girl was playing the piano and she was knocking out all these songs. Like Mary had a little lime on the piano. And I said, Oh, who's your nice. teacher? And she's like, I learned on YouTube. <laughs> and I was like, she doesn't need a piano teacher. But so when I saw I said, okay, well, we're going to expand. We're going to do, we added an art department and we started having art summer camps, which are in their still our one of our biggest thing in the summer these art summer camps and then i remember the kids running around and uh oh uh, totally the 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 room running into the teacher and uh the room with the all the little projects oh the art rooms yeah art is great and then we added dance and then theater uh yeah and so it's it's sort of the idea is like we're not sort of dependent on say music music lessons or anything so we had just all these different departments going now and so it's cool because it became and I think a lot of the other schools may have thought, well, you know, we're like a real, you know, we're like a pure music school. Like they're just giving private lessons, right? Let's get real. There's no, like, 
<laughs> we're not talking about Berkeley College of Music. We're talking about like community music schools where you take lessons. But it was like, you know, this other school, you know, they do all these different things. But for me, like arts are all connected. So people who play instruments, you play, play guitar, you might also dance, you might also be, you know, an artist. Miles Davis was a painter and a trumpet, right? Yeah, John it, Lennon it reminds, was me, yeah. reminds me of the Academy a little bit. Yeah, yeah. so we did. Get all these artists all together and right, who and knows you can what experiment, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, you know, sure. you might say I'm into art and I also take piano. So it became this thing where like <laughs> we have theater kids and they also sing, you know? And so it became this idea of like, you know, we're not like the traditional dance ballet program. We're not like the traditional music school. So we're sort of all these different things, you know, where people can sort of be whatever they want and explore whatever they want. And sure. so, yeah, it's been very cool. <laughs> how, how old uh, do, do the kids start usually? Mm. What, what age? You know, it's the the person who I saw on Friday. Uh, they were four years old. Uh, I, might bring, so I might bring Lily, maybe. If I, our art she, goes as low she's as about two, three and a half. Yes. We have a, a program called Little Artists that goes as young as you know, two or three years old, nice. like mommy and me type art classes, mommy and me type dance classes for younger kids. <laughs> so any of that really, and the and I think. Because sometimes you'd meet teachers. Then so like, the, oh. the mom comes as well. Yeah, the mom comes. Yeah, mommy sure. and me. Because well, I'd meet <laughs> teachers and they go, oh, you know, if you do piano before the age of seven, you're wasting your time. And I thought, well, how could it, if you're a kid and you're learning music and playing music and your earliest memory is music and you have this intense connection to music, how is that like a waste of time? You know what I mean? Sure. Like you could be developing your ears. You could be, you know, are you going to be knocking off Rachmaninoff? No. But... You know, <laughs> what, what if your kid develops an incredible sense of pitch or rhythm or, you know, develops perfect pitch? I don't know. Or just anything or just loves music, like has this crazy connection. So yeah, anyone who says like music isn't essential. Oh, it is. Art isn't essential. It's like go, um, you know, go, go into the uh, a, a primitive, you know, uh, culture. Yeah, anywhere. society. Yeah. And and. Uh, do they not have it? Yeah. Like people who are, you know, um, it's universal. Like, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're totally. They're yeah. Getting their food every day from hunting. Yeah. Gathering. Hunting, gathering. And they, at night they bang on rocks or drums right. or hand drums or sing and you laughter, know, drop picture. Yeah. music, art. They, these yeah. are all things that are absolutely yeah essential. Yeah. Whenever, um, whenever you like hit the hardest point in your life. Yeah. If you're working like a really rough job or something, yeah. like laughter, that that for me at least, yeah, like, totally. The, the, even the silliest joke is not even that funny. Yeah, it just becomes like a total release from yeah. reality. Well, we need that. Re- <laughs> I mean, music is one of those things. Like I, you know, so many people. It's funny because I'll occasionally meet somebody who I took lessons from me 20 years ago. Oh man, you saved my life. And I'm thinking like, I taught you guitar. How do they save your life? You know, sure. I, I don't say that, but I go really how. And they said, well, this you were the only person who I talked to who wasn't like you know they had a hard time with their parents or they felt alienated at school like you were the only person who talked to me or you showed me that i could play music and music became the one thing i could do yeah man you know and it was the thing i was like oh wow it, so it is actually a field like music therapy yeah, yeah it's- and it was just you know, these were teenagers that gave them identity you sure. know that was one of the things like you know it's like oh i have an identity i'm a guitarist you right. can sling a guitar over your back, wear a black T-shirt with your favorite band on it, whatever. It could be Nirvana, it could be Megadeth, it could be Miles Davis. I still wear concert shirts. Uh, but it's yeah. like it becomes your identity. It gives you something, you know. So I don't know if I saved the person's life, but it's like they you gave them something like, hey, this is brings you joy and happiness to your life. And yeah, I think man. at the end of the day, that's what the Academy of Music and Art does. It's, uh, some kids, I have taught people who have went on to music schools and stuff, but 
most people, it's just like they come and some joy comes from your life, from music, art, dance, theater, or some combination. And so you guys, they, they do like recitals? Yeah. I, I was in one. I, I didn't teach there for too long, but uh, it, was, yeah. it was fun. I played bass with all my yeah. all my aspiring students. <laughs> we do one, two, three. We do uh, four musicals a year, and each one is two or three shows. So we have about eight musicals that we do. Uh, 16 <laughs> performances of that a year, like Lion King or whatever, Frozen. Sure. Uh, music Frozen, recital. Oh, Frozen. Really loves Frozen. We did, we did <laughs> Frozen. We have a variety show where everybody performs. We have, in the summer, an art show every Friday. So every Friday after the art camps, we have art shows. We have uh, two big dance recitals. We do a winter one and a spring one. So, yeah, we have, I mean, all sorts of performance opportunities. Sure. And, uh, yeah, it's just – and it's a chance for people to explore whatever they want. You know, and whether – you know, you're, you know, if you're, you know, 18 months in mommy and me or you're four years old and you're just starting out or like my oldest student is, I don't know how old he is. I'm going to say he's 70. He's retired and he wants to play classical guitar. So I do like a classical guitar lesson over Zoom every week. Nice. And he's like, yeah, and it's totally cool to have that. So, so and then uh, you're, you're opening up a little bit right now. Yeah. We're, we're recording this. Um, August 1st. Yeah. So, in the middle of COVID. Yeah. Right. And I mean. Not really showing any signs of yeah no end I, I was actually I was worried I had recorded a couple of these and yeah. I was worried like well it's going to be over with so if we talk about it <laughs> yeah that's not going to be an issue no, uh, no no signs of stopping so yeah definitely but you guys are gradually opening so opening we up, uh, first week of July right after Fourth of July we opened up for summer camps and but, we got we got to do something we can't yeah. we can't stay. We can't stay closed, but people are Forever. afraid. My, yeah. sta- my staff are afraid to come back. I mean, they're, yeah. whether it's I'm 70 or my girlfriend has diabetes or I'm overweight or I'm just afraid. Sure. You know, because there's a lot of the younger people. That, I mean, I don't know that they have, they don't appear to have any health problems, but they're just like, I don't want to get sick and die. Like, it's not worth it. I'll teach online. Uh, families are anywhere from they're afraid to come in to the anti-maskers we you know and it's like because if you come to the school you have to wear a mask we have to social distance that's just one of the things we have so we're very strict about that for everybody's safety you know and it's like oh can't we take our mask off it's like no Sure. Yeah, get a cool mask. Got my checkered mask. Yeah, it's very. I mean, we're far enough apart where we don't have. But I, w- I was wearing a mask when we came. <laughs> yeah, we're in. in a huge room too. Well, we, yeah, and when I came, we were all in masks when we were walking around. I think for the camera. But you know, that'd be a good one for the future. It's like, why are they wearing masks? But yeah, it has been. Um, you know, doing you know, focusing on safety. You know, like we made a, a video on yeah, our my, website. My wife's work is the same. Yeah, yeah. They, they're going to start getting together again and trying to get people comfortable. And is it safe? You know, and then is it going to whiplash around and come back again? You know, are we really an online business? Are we sort of morphing into that? You know, are we going to be sort of more permanently an online business? Will we not change back? You know, because right now, sure. like if we talk about like the music industry of learning lessons or learning anything, we do it face to face, right? Well, now it's like people have been slowly but surely learning on an app. You know, I learned how to speak French on an app. You're learning how to, is my French perfect? No, but it's pretty good. You know, learning piano, this little girl learned how to play Mary Had a Little Lamb on YouTube. It sounded like Mary Had a Little Lamb. Did she have perfect <laughs> technique? No, but it's like she can play the songs. So sure. at some point, do we shift away from this traditional face-to-face education? My daughter's going back to University of Illinois in a couple of weeks. All her classes are online. You know, so she's going to learn whatever she's learning, uh, music education online. You know, right. so we're going to be – I don't know that we change back. You know, like I think some of us will – some businesses will remain online. I think – like a lot of education will be shift to online because it's yeah. just easier or you know you can be far away you know if you're living in florida right now 
you know, well, I guess you wouldn't <laughs> want to be in Florida right now. But theoretically, if with online education, you could say, hey, it's cold in Chicago in January. I'm going to live in Florida and, you know, and go to a great school. And, you know, our local schools are very good, but not be there. Come, yeah. back, come back for the summer. <laughs> Technology has definitely uh, yeah. changed everything. Yeah, it had. I mean, it's so it's been something that's been happening for a long time, though. You know, think about, it, like, how often do you see, like, if we're talking about music, like, musician, you know, you can learn how to play online. I mean, we see the commercials. There's so many different learning tools. <laughs> and now all of a sudden it's like, wow, you know, we're, we're all going to have to be online. You know? I, I personally, I'm old-fashioned. Yeah. I, I think there's nothing like oh, for sure. in person. I absolutely agree. And when, when it comes comes to performance yeah too like i I was talking to uh i can't even remember it was one of these podcasts just like think about the percentage of people that have actually gone and seen a good jazz performance live in 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 the united states right now like 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 like, right now or you mean ever like in the yeah not many well (laughs) yeah just like people who yeah Yeah, who go to see jazz maybe even young people because older people probably seen it more than you but but no i'm not talking like you know the the high school band i'm talking like a good yeah like like go to the jazz showcase see a band yeah it's probably almost and and that's such a wonderful experience and yeah to, to me like it's uh Oh, it's yeah. something that that I, I I really think needs to continue. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell you how often I t- meet a friend at the Jazz Showcase, and they're like, "Wow, I've never seen it. I've never been here." But how long has this place been here? Well, it's like you know, like fifty years or whatever. Really? Wow. Yeah, I've never seen like live jazz before. Like in a restaurant, there's jazz in the background or something. Yeah. But to actually go, like, no, we're gonna like sit here in our chairs and have a drink and we're going to the bands over there and we're going to watch the band perform. Yeah. Like, I've never done that before. And yeah, people don't even yeah, know. Yeah, when I was when I was younger, I brought a couple of people to the uh the Velvet Lounge, which was Oh uh, yeah, Fred, Fred Anderson. Anderson. Yeah, yeah, sure. Played I used to play their jam all the time on Sundays. Yeah. <laughs> that was, was a, that was a tough jam. It's intense. Yeah, very Very uh, up tempo moments notice that right. John Coltrane. So I remember pre- I would I would go in and my hands would be like frozen from yeah. the cold and they'd uh, be like, "All right, you're up." Yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. Fred was great. That was a great, great scene. Yeah. They were and, and wonderful musicians. Some of my friends, they were, they were into like, even like, like they're like punk rockers yeah. or like metal guys. And the, the, the energy there was so strong. That, oh yeah. Uh, Isaiah Spencer, he was, he was one of the drummers. I remember he was playing there. Yeah. Afifi and they were just like, guy, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm not a big jazz fan, but that was cool. Oh yeah. <laughs> they could, yeah. They could well, appreciate it. Think about how many, I mean, along this lines, we're in Chicago. This is where we're broadcasting from. I know you probably listens all over the world. When was the last time you went to an actual real blues club? Sure. In Chicago, right? Like there's, we there's have, not even that many. Anymore. Well, but there used to be Kings and Mines, Blues, etc. Buddy Guys. Buddy Guys is still Buddy there. Buddy Guys is still there. They're, they they used to be the Hot House, and the the they, Buddy Guys moved from their old location, and and they took oh, they, the, the yeah. Hot House over because the Hot House used to be at on Milwaukee at North Avenue in the Flatiron Building, and they moved. Oh, and then they went to the South Loop. They went to the South Loop. And that's the where I moved. Knew. Yeah, I never went to the one in the Flatiron Building. That, I remember seeing Dewey Red and Joshua Redman there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> Buddy Guy was like, he was somewhere, he just moved a couple blocks south, but Kingston Mines is still there. There used to be blue. There are all these blues clubs. It was like, you know. Good, good Chicago blues. <laughs> I would go to the jams all the time because there was always a blues jam to play, but I never <laughs> went there and hung out. Yeah. Like, I never, 
like I never went like oh I want to go out and see blues like I never did that. I've I wish I, now I regret it because like I, yeah. I'd play the what's the checkerboard on the south side? He used to play there all the time for for no money. Uh, sure, <laughs> but it was like I never went there just to hang. You know, I I sat in at a, at a blues session at Buddy Guy's once, and it's mm, funny nice. my my feel it's just not quite right because I, I play jazz so much. Sure. I like I think I just kind of pushed the tempo just a little bit too much. Yeah. It's it's not quite right. We had fun, you know. Yeah, I don't think they hated me, but it nah, was. That's uh, cool. It's a jam, man. You know, they don't, you yeah, know. <laughs> for sure. I, you never know who's gonna who's yeah. gonna say. I mean, I, I think I played like three or four tunes. It was, nice. it was great fun, but but yeah, the you got a little blues, man. Yeah, I had a piano teacher working at the academy for a while, and he was the house pianist at the Kingston Mines, and it was he lived in Wheaton, and he used to play. I forget his name. He used to play piano at Mariano's, so he'd walk into the grocery store and this. You hear this burning piano, you think it's the radio, and it's an actual guy playing it. Nice. He was house, house keyboardist at Kingston Mines, and he That's actually awesome. was one of the few people I knew who actually made a living playing the piano. <laughs> like, he played, like, you know, like five nights a week. Yeah, yeah. And he, did, and he did, was did, great. did you ever see the dueling pianos at, um, at, a, at the place near Wrigley Field? Uh, you know, there's a couple guys who do it. I've I've seen the dueling piano. I don't know if it's the same guys, but they, you know, they're around. There, there was a bar there, and it was like on the second floor, and there would be, uh, yeah, it was very cool. Redheaded piano bar used to have the dueling pianos. But there were a couple guys who traveled around who had like electric pianos, and then they had like a fake grand piano. Yeah. They kind of did that. Uh, yeah. And I've, good, good fun. And that was cool. Yeah, they were always good. But yeah, yeah, making a living a musician is, is, is as a performer, there aren't many. Sure. You know, and seeing you mentioned seeing jazz, it's just yeah, jazz is a, it's tough for jazz. But maybe after this is over, people will appreciate going out and seeing a band. Maybe well, not. I <laughs> mean, yeah, the the uh, it, when when they tell you you should stay home for for so long, it's uh, then you really want to start going out. Well, and it's been <laughs> I'm, April, I'm kind of May, a June, yeah. I, I didn't even go out much before. I'm, I'm usually yeah. home taking care of my Sure, because you got young ones. See, mine's 21, yeah. But then yeah, we're, you know. we're four and a half months in. It could be another six months. I mean, we, we might. Six years. We, we could only be halfway there, you know? So yeah. Hopefully not. But, you know, if it is, then we just deal with it. You make it work. <laughs> you sure. find a way You find a way to make it work, you know? That's all you can do. Look, yeah, Ian Malcolm from uh, <laughs> uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah. Well, he Life just finds a way. Yeah. Well, you, <laughs> you got to figure it out, right? You can't just... Uh, we're at that point where it is just like, okay, we're going to have to reinvent ourselves. You have to re, you know, sure. if you were, you know, if you, you know, you declare yourself, Hey, I'm a, I'm a professional musician and that means I'm going to go out and find work, you know, or whatever it is, you, you have to make it work. We have no, no other option, right? Sure. We can only rely on the government checks for so long if we can get another round of, uh, I think yeah, outdoor stuff. We got to do more outdoor stuff. Hey, outdoor have you considered doing outdoor lessons? So yes, we did. We looked, you've got property. Then. We, we got, had some property. In the back, you've got the, all that grass. Why, why not? Or is like so a pond or something? we have like the kind of yeah. the retention pond, but there is a big parking lot in back. So we looked at tenting the parking lot. Yeah, man, because outside it, it's totally safe. I yeah, mean, it, totally. The sunlight is good. Yeah. It, it gets you vitamin D. It it's very kills hot. The virus. Though. You know, we looked at it because that first <laughs> it's week. It's hot, but that's good for it. drink lots of water. But it's like a hundred degrees in the parking lot with no shade. So that's sure. where like, can we do a tent? But it was like, you know, it was just like like today. You know, if. You know, when it's like 90 every day, it's tough to say we're going to sit outside for six and a half hours. Sure. We have the bathroom issue as well. Like, where do you go for the bathroom? Kids, little kids, you know, they're messy. You need, there's no running sure. water out there. Oh, I know. I know there's all no about bathroom. that. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, got, we looked uh, into that. It's like, hey, can we, do, at home. <laughs> can we do the parking lot? Can we do the parking lot things? Because then, you know, you could social distance uh, and be outside. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, that it, outside stuff is good. Everyone yeah. should yeah, Everyone get outside should be outside as much right? as you can. I that's, know. That's a... Uh, 
So yeah, that's a good thing. It's cool. So yeah, there's <laughs> definitely something we're like, okay, can we be like tent the parking lot, you know, or even in the fall, like when it's not so hot. Sure. You know, sure. so like in the fall, that might be the time to make the move and say, okay, September, <laughs> like till we were frozen, you know, yeah. we're going to work outside. <laughs> you know? Just imagine your neighbors, they, they would all be like, what's going on? Did well, I never had a drum set. We got that. a car dealer <laughs> and the restaurant next door to us closed. Oh, I, I used the, to go there. They got I, the, I for sa- the for sale signs up. Oh, man, that's too bad. You know, that was a nice place. That was cool, yeah. It used to be a Red Lobster, and then it was something else. I forget what it was recently, but yeah. It was yeah. some kind of hip modern. It was, it was cool. Like, yeah, who, like, what They built a really nice restaurant. It's beautiful. Yeah, well, it's for sale if you're looking to buy a restaurant <laughs> sure. that nobody can go to, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know. What can you do, right? Yeah, I, I used to be in the food business. I'm very lucky that I'm not in the food business anymore and that I'm I'm doing this because... Yeah, because yeah, this is probably all online mail order type stuff, right? The, the Chicago store in particular, yeah, it's very, uh, very much online focused. Yeah, we're always putting stuff up. and That's where we're at, yeah. Yeah, selling stuff all over the world. That's cool. <laughs> you have a good niche. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, you know, well, it's interesting because this business is really set up to succeed in any environment, right? Like, because you're online, you're mail order, you're Pretty catalogs. Much. right. Probably not catalog, but really if, online uh, catalog. Yeah. If the uh, Yellowstone goes off, I think that that could probably take us out. Yeah. <laughs> Either or maybe a meteor hit or nuclear war, but other yeah. than that, I think, yeah, I, think okay. I think you guys are good. You have a good niche, right? <laughs> right. Stay home and play your drum kit, right? That's right. what people do, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because your market is probably mostly people who are collectors, right? So they just want to yeah. have a drum set in their house. So they're not even looking. It doesn't matter if they gig. They're not gigging, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, some people might, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we try to support. You know, we do the jam. We, we try to support. You've come to the jam. I have times. jammed many times. Time. We're probably not going to do that anymore. I'm, I'm thinking I might do it, like, once every six months in yeah. the future. Once, you know, once they come up with a vaccine or something, then I'll, yeah. I'll do it maybe once every six months. Yeah, that, that's what I'm. Well, because it's time consuming, right? I guess you can have it. A, is it's a lot of work. Yeah, and then, you know, like sometimes people come, sometimes they don't come, and I'm thinking it's, if I do it once every six months, then I can actually really promote it. And isn't it always every time I come, it's crowded? Well, um, yeah, you. I think you I, just I've came to like some of the good ones. <laughs> yeah, I've come here maybe five times in your old space a few times. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was always a good crowd. Yeah, it, it varies, you know. It varies. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it, I've had a couple where there's, you know. The, the musicians are outnumbered by the – or yeah. are not outnumbered by the audience. But yeah. then there were a couple. Yeah, there were like 30 people. Oh, yeah. You definitely fun. had some good sound. Yeah, always good. Yeah. I really want to do some some more like seminars too, like tuning seminars and stuff like that. But we'll see, yeah. Yeah, Once I would think you could do webinars. Up. You know, that's one of the things um, – Well, everything we do, I always put up on the web. Yeah, but you we know, like a webinar, like you talk to people, you invite people, and it's a webinar. Right. Yeah. That would mean you, you'd actually have people – yeah, people would, you'd send out invites and people would come in and they would want to see how to do, you know, you say, hey, today we're talking right. about tuning drums or whatever it is, or some kind of demonstration with a live, you know, you have, sure. <laughs> you know, whoever, I don't know who you, you could probably get someone very famous, right? And to say, hey, here's how we tune up a kit or whatever it would be. And it would be a webinar you could invite people to and then have yeah. a rebroadcast. Ma- masterclass. Yeah. That, that would be great. I'd love to get like Joel Spencer in here. Yeah. Maybe Steve Smith, maybe like. Because uh, you could probably get Steve Smith, right? Because is he's not, is he in, well, Journey's not working, right? Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, he, he, he's a busy guy, though. I think he's definitely, yeah. you know, but we'd have to. Because he was back in Journey for a while, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what he's up to. I see. Yeah. I think he's with uh, Sonar. Yeah, great some, drummer. That, that's the last He's a Berkeley guy. With him. Oh, really? I didn't even know that. <laughs> Steve is a Berkeley guy. And so, yeah. I love his, his versatility, man. Oh, yeah. He, he can really swing. He can really play, like, like the, the straight uh, eighths. Like, yeah. And uh, jo- JoJo Mayer, too. I love him. Yeah, he, I don't know him. He's, he's great. Who's yeah. he played with? 
Um, I'm not sure what bands, but he's, he's a fantastic uh, drummer. Very interested in bass drum pedals, bass drum technique. Nice. One of the cool things about him, uh, I'll, I'll talk about some drum stuff. He had uh, Converse All-Stars. Yeah. And he put leather soles on them, on his Converse. Oh, so they would be more like, it, like drummer shoes, yeah. Yeah, because the old school guys, like, you know. Wore uh, dance shoes, Gene right? Krupa, yeah. Buddy Rich, Papa Joe, Philly Joe, um, all the old drummers, they'd wear dress shoes and they would have the leather soles, and you can kind of dance on the pedals. Yeah, and he he was he was uh, you know watching that, and and I actually I, I was inspired by that. I always wear whenever yeah. I do sound files or anything, I always wear my uh, my nice. dress shoes now because. But that, yeah. that was a kind of kind of an interesting thing. Nice. Yeah, he, he's a really cool guy. I'd love to. Nice Neil Pert of Rush always talked about wearing dance shoes when he played drums. Yeah, because like you dance on the yeah because he wanted to be able to dance on the drum kit. So he was yeah, like, the, he wore dance shoes. They might. They, Leather soles, maybe? I like what you would wear when you dance. Whatever you wear when you dance. I don't know. Yeah, like the, ballroom dance shoes? Maybe. I don't know. Tap, yeah, tap dancing. Probably not <laughs> yeah, tap dancing. But yeah, it's a Neil Pert. The drummer's out there. Yeah, he wore the dance shoes. And he was a great drummer. So I saw him play many times because Rush is awesome. Right. And yeah, Neil Pert was a monster on the kit. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, a lot of the old drummers were tap dancers as well. Oh, really? I yeah, can see like, that. Uh, Papa Joe Jones. Nice. And yeah, you can see they, they do a lot of the kind of like... Uh, like performance facial expressions and all that kind of stuff yeah as a drummer you really get to do stuff with your face that other other musicians can't do like you can smile while you're playing yeah saxophone player can't do that not really no can't smile (laughs) drummer player you can't smile guitar players can do that because yeah you guys (laughs) you're up front having a good time right and you guys can even walk around we can move around yeah it's a wonderful thing we're we're stuck sitting down behind the kit yeah (laughs) but Yeah, but yeah, Chris. So yeah, any, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, whatever you want, man. Yeah, my time is your time. Yeah. I mean, the uh, talked about the school, talked about the book, talked about all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've guitar we've playing covered most of the yeah, most of the basic stuff. Your, your history, what what got you in, into me, it, yeah. your, your influences, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's probably uh, cool. Probably good. Yeah, it was awesome, man. I love. I see, I'm a big podcast fan. I listen to Tim Ferriss. I listen to podcasts sure. all the time. Yeah, so. me too, man. I'm, so I love Kind of just like talk talk radio. It's always yeah. kind of going on in the background. I'll be working and yeah, have, have something going on. Yeah. Well, if anyone wants to ever get in touch, you can reach me at Academy Music and Art. Uh, academymusicandart.com cool. for the marketing during tough times. It's uh, Chris Wilson Coaching. You can find that on Facebook. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or guitar players, anything. If you're a former student or friend, Don the drummer. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Anyone who used to play in bands with, come by. <laughs> yeah. I actually have had the same phone number since 1993. So the 654. <laughs> I've had the same office phone number for, yeah. I, I have never changed my phone number. I don't think I've, I, I've never lost my phone either. Yeah. So I've I had the same like, office yeah. phone. Land, this is a I landline. people in there. I don't even know who they are anymore. Yeah. This is a landline. This is my office number. Oh, nice. Because the guitar school, you know, when I when I rented my first space in 1993, I have the same phone number. So same <laughs> cool. address. You can find me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, Chris, Chris Wilson. It's yes. been uh, great. Awesome to be here. Thank you, man. For sure. Yeah. And uh, everyone out there, thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, that's all. All right. <laughs>